Hello again, this is Brother Sam, and we're on our final chapter of To Be a People, chapter 5. It's called Be Light. Now, today we're going to be looking at the words that Jesus speaks in the Sermon on the Mount about our call to be salt and light in the world. So really, this chapter is about balance. Something you notice about salt and light is you can have too much or too little of them. Too little is not a big deal. Too much, that's a problem. <laughs> too much salt and your food, you can't eat it anymore. Too much light and you're blinded. So as Christians, we want to be in the world, but not of the world. And these images of salt and light can guide us to find that right balance. And spoiler alert, we won't all find the same balance. It takes discernment, teachable spirit, self-knowledge is huge. So I hope you'll have an open mind, open heart. I pray that the Lord will move you to recognize that what we've been given, we can't just sit on it. We're called to share it. No matter how big and bad the world is, we want to be in Christ, confident that he that is in us is bigger and badder than he that is in the world. Amen? Let's go. Chapter 5. Be Light. The Holy Spirit comes in fire. Not natural fire, but supernatural. We know this from our own experience. He sets our lives on fire as persons and as a people. Now, before you get the idea of some kind of a divine arsonist, though, I, I want to point to an especially necessary function of fire. It is a light in the darkness. There's a lot of darkness in our world today. Isolation, loneliness, fear and confusion. The rising rates of suicides and drug overdoses point to a growing societal despair. God knew we'd be here. He knew that as Western culture pushed him aside, as it closed itself off from light, it would sink into a great sadness, a growing darkness. God isn't sitting by passively watching this happen. He is making the first move towards reconciliation. The Christian people today are witnessing a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit unlike anything we've seen since the beginnings of the church. Signs and wonders, prophetic words, healing, hope. SPO is an ember of this new Pentecost. The Holy Spirit wants to set the world on fire. Jesus spoke of this prophetically, quote, I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing, unquote. That fire appeared as tongues of flame over the first generation of missionary disciples. That fire is still spreading around the world today. We are agents of the Holy Spirit. We have a very important job to do, bringing light into the darkness. Jesus said, quote, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, unquote. The Spirit provides the spark, but we fan it into flame, not just out there, but also in here. We do this in our own life as a people, and then as we are sent out into the world. Even if we know this already, we need to be reminded. When we're living deep relationship, it's possible to get too cozy. We like it so much being in here that we resist going out there. That calls for another necessary flame. The Holy Spirit lights a fire underneath our comfortable Christianity. St. Paul says to his disciple Timothy, quote, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have through the imposition of my hands. Unquote. How do we fan into flame this gift of the Holy Spirit? How do we shine our light? 
This may come as a surprise, but it has a lot to do with how we see. The light by which we see. When we read that we are the light of the world, we know the Lord is referring to the light others see in us, a light that draws them out of darkness and leads them to the Father. There's another way we are light for the world. By the indwelling fire of the Holy Spirit, our own vision is illuminated. This takes a bit of explanation. Jesus said, quote, If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be filled with darkness. Unquote. Our vision is either illuminated by truth or it is darkened by lies. The Holy Spirit comes, quote, to guide you to all truth, unquote. When we see by the light of truth, we become a light to everybody around us. The fire within me, the indwelling Holy Spirit, illuminates in two ways. The Spirit is the light that others see in me, but he's also the light by which I see them. The first kind of light is like a signal fire that guides a lost traveler to a place of warmth and safety. But the second is more like the fire of a lantern I carry out into the darkness to find that lost traveler. And when we meet, that light illuminates his face as well as mine. Here's the point. When Jesus says, you are the light of the world, it's possible to slip into a sort of Christian narcissism. Hey, check out our light. That's a real turnoff, pun intended. Instead, we want to say, hey, check out your light and illuminate for others their own dignity and worth by the way we treat them. They start to see it in themselves they get a glimpse of the way God sees them. It's a spark that may one day leap into flame. If this is too theoretical, let's get practical. We'll describe three ways we shine the light of the Holy Spirit, moving in stages from inward to outward. First, the light we shine on one another as a people. We call this honor. Second, the light we shine to welcome guests. This is hospitality. Third, the light we shine in the world, which is hope. Honor, light for one another. Recall that sense of reverence we hold for each other as temples of the Holy Spirit. St. Teresa of Avila described a vision of the soul in grace as a radiant diamond. She asked, quote, What do you imagine must that dwelling be in which a king so mighty, so wise, and so pure, containing in himself all good, can delight to rest. She continues, Nothing can be compared to the great beauty and capabilities of a soul. Unquote. Teresa is pointing to the profound awe we should have for each other. C.S. Lewis, a modern Christian writer, notes, quote, Remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Holy Spirit, fire of love and truth, illuminate our vision to see each other this way. The Spirit will not fail to answer this prayer, but we have to do our part. As before he gives us the spark, it remains for us to fan it into flame. How do we shine the light of this truth to our brothers and sisters in Christ? There are customs and practices we've embraced as a people in SPO, expressions of honor that help to remind us of this sense of awe. Celebrations 
We honor each other at important times like our seniors at graduation or our housemates on birthdays and sometimes baptismal days. This isn't just a party with a cake. We gather to express in words our esteem for the one we're honoring, pointing out the Christ-like qualities we see in her or his life. If you've never experienced it, you might be a little shocked by the power of hearing good things said about you, and honestly a little bit embarrassed. It takes some getting used to. Consideration. Reverence for the person isn't just for special occasions, but for everyday life. We want to treat people with consideration. One example is the way we use our phones. We don't answer a call when we're in a conversation or riding in a car with other people unless we excuse ourselves. And in the case of the car, we ask the caller for a better time to connect so we don't impose inconsiderately on our captive audience. We don't check our phones or reply to texts when we're supposed to be relating together in person. At the dinner table or morning prayer or hosting a guest in our household life, our phones are put away. We can check later. The person who is present has priority over the person we can communicate with some other time. Remember, this is not about rules, but respect. Distinctions We honor members of the opposite sex as brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to express gratitude for one another, not imposing stereotypes and not with awkward gestures, but sincerely. We celebrate the Lord's creative designs and the distinctive ways feminine and masculine character reflect his own nature. Quote, In the divine image he created him, male and female he created them. Unquote. A very practical way we express our respect is by avoiding negative jokes and comments that degrade members of the opposite sex. When it happens in our households or community, we speak up against it. When it happens in other settings, we resist any temptation to participate. Hospitality, light for welcome. Jesus says, quote, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. And, quote, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me, unquote. Every guest, then, is to be received as Christ. That's why hospitality is such a huge priority for our way of life in SPO. It's also an important bridge, a meeting point between inside and outside. There are many ways we show hospitality. When we welcome guests into our homes or gatherings, we take special care to express respect. When a guest enters the room, we stand up and greet them. We do this in a natural way to put them at ease. We take the lead to introduce people who don't know each other, making sure newcomers are welcomed and not left alone. If we join a conversation, we listen first and get a feel for the discussion before chiming in. We give our full attention when others are speaking, letting them finish without interrupting. In general, we approach all social situations attentively, not waiting to be asked, but ready to serve the needs of others and looking for ways to help. The light we shine by the way we see each other, that sense of awe, leads to illumination for the people we welcome into our life. Our guests notice a profound difference between the ways they're treated in our environments as opposed to elsewhere. A light goes on. If they could put it into words, they might say, I feel a little more human after spending time with these people. It's like they see something in me that I, I've never really seen in myself. I don't know, they're so normal and yet so different. Hope. 
light for the world. Our relationship with those who are not Christian is different but closely related. Though they're not temples of the Holy Spirit, we still see great dignity in them because they are made in the image and likeness of God. And the divine spark is still very much at work. The Spirit can illuminate their lives, especially through the ways we see and treat them. Anna Stevenson on SPO Mission Staff recounts an example of this illumination at work. She says, quote, I was at a wedding reception a couple of years ago, in the back talking with a friend, and one of the caterers came up to us and said, Who are you? Oh, we're just friends of the bride and the groom, we started to explain. No, who is this group of people, the caterer asked. Many of the people there had been in household, been in small group, and knew each other through SPO. Who are you, she kept asking. I can tell that the women are free and feel safe. I can tell that the men respect the women. I can tell that you all aren't here just to get wasted, but you're having a genuine good time. You're joyful in a way I haven't seen people be joyful. You treated the waitstaff with respect, with dignity, like people. You've asked us questions. You've engaged us in conversations. You've looked us in the eye. You thanked us. I want to know, who are you? How do we bring this light into the world? There are so many opportunities. We make ordinary attempts as we go about our duties as students, employees, or in the various organizations we join and the activities we do. This is not about programs or events, though they have their place. But as everyday evangelists, we take our light out there in consistent, low-key ways. Here are a few examples. Build connections at the rock climbing gym, the rec center, the library, or the lab. Show genuine interest. Ask and listen, but don't be nosy. Be real. Be kind. Be encouraging. Talk to people behind the counter at the campus convenience store, the post office, or the print center. Remember their names. Show appreciation. At work, put in a full shift without cutting corners. Cover for others generously if they need to leave early. Don't add negative comments when coworkers gripe about the boss or share gossip about other employees. If the talk turns toxic, whenever possible, try to steer the conversation in a better direction. We will certainly be mocked for our daily witness as disciples of Christ. We'll be called holy rollers and Jesus freaks for sure. But we'll also stand as a vivid counterpoint to the cynicism we see around us. Be a sign of hope against the creeping despair that clouds this culture. Our consumer-driven, tech-saturated world has a daily dehumanizing effect. The fire of the Holy Spirit shines a rehumanizing light. Salt and Light As the darkness around us grows, there are legitimate questions about how best to engage with our increasingly secular society. How can we be faithful to our way of life as a culture within the larger prevailing cultures around us? Do we close ourselves off, circle the wagons, and try to hide out? Or, on the other hand, do we evangelize by immersing ourselves so much in the world's ways that we're no longer distinguishable from the culture? It's easy to say no to these extremes, but the hard question is, where do we land in between? Is it actually possible, given this current darkness, to be in the world, but not of the world? Returning to the words of Jesus, 
we learn more not only about what's our role, but also what's at stake. He says, quote, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. When we bring together the similes of salt and light, we can draw some insight from the nature of each. Light is from above. Salt is from below. Light is heavenly. Salt is earthly. Light involves sight. Salt involves taste. About salt, we hear this word of warning, don't lose your flavor. Or rather, don't be so saturated with the flavor of the world around you that it cancels or conceals your own. Don't be in the world so much that you become effectively of the world. I'm going to draw out more from these rich images. I don't claim this to be what the Lord had in mind, but it is a helpful meditation about our witness as a people. Hear me out. Our life as missionary disciples in the world, it could be said, is a balance of salt and light, of earthly and heavenly activities, of secular and sacred duties. As a people, we are called to be both salt and light. Light involves things more clearly connected to the Christian community and to the worship of God. Salt involves things in the world, not bad or sinful things, but non-churchy things. Here's the key with both salt and light. We do these things in the world in order to evangelize. What are some examples? Well, when we're light, we always remember to invite guests for household morning prayer. When we're salt, we're at the rec center lifting with dudes or dropping F-bombs. We're not doing so ourselves, but we're also not correcting their language. When we're light, we stay after Sunday Mass to socialize and meet new students, not just hanging with our crew. When we're salt, we choose outside-the-box electives that enable us to reach other students, like taking a class in scuba diving or photography. Not only as a people, but as persons, we are called to be both salt and light as we engage with the world. Here's the important part. We won't always strike the same balance or make the same decisions. One might go on a weekend retreat to serve, but another might go skiing with some women she's trying to evangelize. One might run a small group, but another might run for student government in order to be a witness. One might stop partying as a sign of sobriety, but another might go to parties to seek seekers. One might drop out of social media altogether to express that it's not a necessity. But another might be very active, posting messages that witness directly or indirectly to the gospel. In every case, there may be good reasons to choose one or the other approach. If we have concerns about the choices or behavior of a sister or brother, we can certainly ask them, but we avoid jumping to conclusions. We make a conscious effort to assume the best and always give each other the benefit of the doubt. Our witness to the world around us is more effective when we are unified, but that doesn't mean uniformity. When differences arise, and they certainly will, we show loyalty to each other as sisters and brothers in Christ first. For example, if someone in SPO posts something on social media you strongly disagree with, rather than respond in the thread, reach out to the person and speak with her or him directly. Whenever possible, avoid bringing such disagreement into the public eye. The forum of social media with so many voices and viewpoints 
often hinders rather than helps the kind of genuine communication that leads to resolution between persons. As we discern the right balance between salt and light for ourselves, the key question is, Lord, how are you calling me to live? It is not for us to judge the way they live, but only to be faithful to that part of the puzzle we've been asked to complete. The fire of the Holy Spirit will illuminate the path if we ask him, and we count on our brothers and sisters for support to be faithful to our own unique call. The Quiet Revolution The fire of a new Pentecost is spreading everywhere in the world through communities of faith alive in the Spirit. It won't appear in your newsfeed, and it won't be applauded by celebrities on late-night television. God's great works always fly under the radar. That's just the way it is. We believe the Holy Spirit is bringing about a quiet revolution. As a people within the broader people of God, that is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we want to do our part in SPO. We believe in the subversive power of baptism to overthrow the cynicism of our times with the calm, persuasive force of genuine charity and radical holiness. As a person living deep relationship within this people, you bring the transforming power of the gospel into the world. In and through this great company of sisters and brothers, you shine a light that reveals to anyone with eyes to see the truth about who they are and whose they can be. It is a message of great hope for a world in great need. What do you say? Are you up for the adventure?